You're listening to Fish Food, where we present bite-sized accounting and entrepreneurship advice in 25 minutes or less. Keep listening for interviews, guidance, and resources for freelancers and small businesses. And if you enjoy, rate and subscribe to let others know about the gem you found. Now, let's get started. Hello, welcome to Fish Food. I am excited today to have another interview with a friend of mine who is doing big things in many different worlds. I'm so excited to invite Takiyah McClendon to the Fish Food Podcast today. How are you doing? Doing great, and I'm excited to finally actually be on. <laughs> yeah, just so y'all know, we've met up in person a few times, and then we're like, we're totally going to record this. All right, I'm coming to Philly, you coming to D.C., we're going to record, and instead we are in our respective areas recording this over the internet. <laughs> but that's, that's a, uh, I think, a testament to how good our conversations get, because we just be so wrapped up in what we're doing, and we don't get to record yeah, y'all would be lucky to get some recorded versions of just the talks that we have on a regular basis. So yeah, first, welcome. Second, I will let you introduce yourself because you touch in all kinds of things and I want to make sure I don't miss nothing. Fair enough. So I am the co-founder of City Fit Girls, which is a fitness and running community based out of Philadelphia, but we have chapters and group runs all over the country. I guess by... Like my profession is a personal trainer, run coach, and women's coaching specialist. And so I'm currently doing virtual coaching. So that's through a group we have called City Fit Girl Strength Club, which is like an affordable subscription service. And then I also train virtually. So just like Zoom Fitness. And then I do virtual programming, which is just creating workout programs for people to follow on their own. So I think that's, that's, that's what I do, on paper at least. <laughs> Let's let's talk about first let's talk about profession because this is a new situation. <laughs> this this was not always the profession. So let's go back a little bit before you were coaching and supporting and providing fitness routines and support for women around the country. What were you doing and why did you make the shift? Ooh, so all right. This is a lot. So I hope y'all ready. So I graduated college, like we got to take it all the way back in um, 2010. And I actually started working in the nonprofit sector while also going to grad school. And so in grad school, I was studying peace and conflict resolution, but on an international level. I don't know. I don't think we ever talked about this. Um, I don't think I knew that. I actually did a lot of traveling. And so my research was on food insecurity and food deserts and trying to get healthy food access to communities. And so my research, we actually were in Kigali, Rwanda. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and so one of the things that I found when we did that trip was just, you know, I was so focused on like this bigger macro picture of, you know, food access and providing solutions for other countries and, you know, had to take a step back and realize that, hey, there are issues going on right here in Philadelphia, right? And so when we talk about food access, Sure, it's easy to kind of look abroad and kind of look past things that are happening in your own backyard, but it was important to me to, you know, shift my attention and bring it back to Philadelphia. And so I kind of switched gears, less on the conflict resolution policy side of things, and wanted to be on the ground and started to actually help people. So I left my job out of college and I started working for actually a grocery store where I was, yeah, I was a manager and kind of bought on 
to do more work around inclusivity, getting food to people who need it, you know, working on some of the more environmental, I don't know, just kind of like anything that had to do with eating healthy at a grocery store. And the grocer that I work for, he does things a little differently. So he's one of the people who are actually putting grocery stores in areas that normally would not get one. Yeah, so he does pretty good work. He's whatever. I don't want to go too much into that. And so then after that, I didn't really like the hours of managing a grocery store. And so I went to work for an organization called the Food Trust, and I was actually managing farmers markets. And so that kind of flipped things upside down for me because the grocery store, it's a very structured, large retail business. Farmers market, you're outside, you're in the community, in a park working with local farmers, you know, working with families and individuals who don't have access to clean food. And when you're talking about grocery store, yeah, they, they did a good job at coming into neighborhoods, but like the farmer's market was completely different ballgame, right? You're talking like, like at the most basic level, here's a person who is growing your food and here they are, you know, providing it to the community. And so- That's wild. I feel like we don't think of farmer's markets like that. We just think of it as like a grocery store alternative. Right. It's like this cute little thing you do on Saturday, grab your flowers and take pictures. But the cool thing about the food trust is that their mission isn't to do that. Their mission is to get food, healthy food to people who need it most. Right. And so a lot of the farmers markets that I was working in were in places that normally wouldn't be like ideal locations to have a farmer's market. Right. So these aren't people who are coming to spend twenty five dollars on you know, some organic milk. Like we were servicing people who normally just wouldn't have access to food, right? Or for families who we would have grocery, I mean, farmer's markets at bus stops, right? So that you're on your way home from work, you know, you still can stop and get groceries on a Wednesday, right? Not even on like a Saturday morning. That is so cool. It's really cool. So that just kind of put a lot of things in perspective for me. And that's actually what kind of shifted my interest into food, nutrition, and fitness, right? And so let's kind of keep going down the line. <laughs> I ended up kind of getting bored at the farmer's market. Also, farmer's markets happen all year in Philly. And so got cold. I'm like, all right, what can I do over the winter just to kind of make sure that I get back inside, but still is mission driven. And so that actually is what led me into working at the job that I just left, which is a run specialty store based in Philly. And so I was actually there for five years doing... Like if you've ever been fitted for running shoes, that was me. Uh, I actually worked my way up through the company relatively quickly. And so I started on the sales floor, really excited about helping people get fit, helping people run, but then actually uh, moved into more of like a, I'm not going to say corporate role because this is like small family business, but I actually left that job as the apparel buyer. So I actually ended up shifting away from my original mission, which was to coach people and help people get moving. And so hopefully, I don't know, that went like a lot of ups and downs and kind of around the world, but that's that's what brought me to where I'm at today. No, that's, I mean, first of all, I didn't know all of this. I met Takiya through City Fit Girls, like on a run, following them online. We ended up talking and getting cool, but I had no idea like all of the background things. And y'all, we talk pretty often, but I didn't know all of this. <laughs> um, but it brings up a couple of things for me. One of the things that I think is really important to point out is the jobs that you had and the impact that you were able to have on the ground. Like, I don't think that a lot of people think about 
working at a grocery store or working at a fitness or a run specialty store as like ways that you support the movements and the access and the things that you want to have happen. Why did you choose that direction versus like, I guess you always expected to see in a nonprofit or in a, I'm going to do policy type things instead of work things. I don't know that I necessarily chose that path, but just kind of chose me. I'm a person who maybe three or four years after three or four years with literally almost anything, you know, I get the, the itch, the urge that I need to be doing something else or doing something more. But honestly, if you would have asked me in 2010, if I had any intentions on ever leaving the job I was at and that I would be, you know, leading group runs, like there's no way I would have ever imagined any of that. I thought I was going to law school you know, I always wanted to be like secretary of state, right? And so <laughs> way different dreams, it's way different. But um, I just really just kind of allowed the moment, the moment to move me. And so I didn't necessarily pick this path. I, I'd say that it picked me. I feel like that's a good segue to something that I told you that I wanted to bring up too, is this idea that I met you through a running group and you have always been very clear that like, running is not the point. It is an arm of a bigger thing that you want to happen, but that running ain't even your favorite thing. So <laughs> why that method? Why um, running and fitness specifically as the areas that you wanted to move through in order to improve your environment and your community? So I guess if we could, I'll just go back a little bit because I do realize we're talking about my journey. I don't, like I didn't really explain City Fit Girls. And so we started, uh, Kiara and I, who's the co-founder of City Fit Girls, we started just pretty much working out, going to different fitness studios, sharing our posts on Instagram. Um, and people just wanted to come out and work out with us. And so again, if we're talking about one of those things that I didn't really have a plan, you know, City Fit Girls wasn't ever really a part of my grand vision, but it was something that happened. And so the policy nerd in me, right, is, okay, we have this movement. We have people running with us every week. We have people working out with us every week. We have this uh, big event every year, Fit Retreat. We're bringing all these people together. What else can we be doing to make a difference? And so one of the things that I realized is that if you want to go to a fitness studio, right, you might be paying $30 a class, you have to travel. Usually, if, if you don't live in the quote-unquote right neighborhood, you might not even have access um, to these kind of classes. And so for us, running has always been one of those things that felt like the great equalizer. And obviously, there are different things like, you know, do you have access to a safe park? Do you have lighting? Do you have access to running shoes? And obviously, those are all barriers to entry into running. But even still with that, a pair of running shoes is $120, which is four classes at some gyms, right? And so it's one of those things where if we could just lower the barrier to entry into running, we can introduce a healthy way of living to people who normally wouldn't have access to it. And so I picked running because for me, I just think that it's the thing that's the most accessible. Um, it's the most inclusive. And again, we're not talking about like on like the media level or anything like that, but inclusive in a sense that Anybody, if you get access to a pair of running shoes and then other conditions are met, like you have a safe place to do it, you know, it can be done. And the benefits of running are just it's outstanding. So it's just one of those things that most people can do, given, like, if, even if they had, like, the least amount of tools to do it. So speaking of inclusive, 
two black women run this organization. Right. <laughs> I, I would not have known that at the beginning. And so I wonder what that looked like for you all as the group grows and becomes more diverse and you end up on more platforms. What did that look like specifically as black women being on the front of this movement for you all? It was, a, it's a lot. And so one of the things about running because of the way it's portrayed in the media is that it is a, it's, it's for white skinny people. And, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. And I don't really know how to change that. That is a part of, you know, why we do what we do. And so I've had times when, you know, I'd be working at the running store and people would say, oh, don't you run with City Fit Girls? You know, and I'm like, yeah, um, I'm actually. Technically. I do, but I'm also like one of the co-founders and people are like, oh, you co-founded the Philly group. But I'm like, no, like this is my thing, right? And, you know, they'll be like. It's my company. Right. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, where are your offices? I'm like. Girl, the the three feet around us, like this is it, <laughs> like you know, and and so people had like these crazy ideas of what they thought City Fit Girls was, and then you know, Kier and I show up, and it's just like, oh, this is two, yeah, it's two black women, and so for me, it's always been just about showing other black women that this is something that we can do, this is something that is for us. Again, when you look at Runners World, you look at Women's Running, and all these media outlets, we are not on the covers, we are not, you know in the articles. I've even had magazines reach out to me, do an interview, and then, you know, a, a white man's face is, he, yeah, you know, and it's just like, it's one of those things that are just so embedded in the culture of the sport that for us, it was almost like an act of resistance. It's like, hey, these are two Black women. We're running. We're doing races. We're getting all these other people to, to start running too. It's just like, we're showing up. We are here, and you have to accept us. So City Fit Girls, in the world, doing things, what made you decide this should go bigger than running? Go bigger than running. I guess for me, it's just always been bigger than running, right? Um, again, it was more, I would say that we're less of a, you know, we say, we say we're a fitness community, but this feels more like a public health initiative than anything else, right? And so I am literally trying to figure out how we can get more people running. And, you know, when we, when folks like us think about running, we like, oh, I got to sign up for a race or, you know, kind of do one of those bigger kind of goal things. And for me, I'm just like, no, if I can literally figure out a way to get, you know, an entire neighborhood to just run one mile three days a week, that can change the trajectory of their health, you know, for decades and generations to come. And so that is my mission. So it's not just, running as a, oh, let, let me go, you know, take this picture for the gram. I did this race and let me get this medal. It's, again, it's just like the health benefits. If we're talking about, you know, preventing chronic diseases, we're talking about healthy bones, having, you know, a good heart rate, all of these different things come along with having a solid running practice. And obviously running isn't for everybody. And so that's why we also, we talk about that strength uh, training component. We promote people doing other activities. But again, it's just that running is one of those things that literally you just need a pair of shoes. You can start by walking. You can start by crawling. You can, the sport will definitely just meet you where you are and using it. We can, I don't know. I just think we can do so much. I get so passionate talking about it. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. So, I mean, 
this has always been a thread from the beginning of what you wanted to do, regardless of kind of the, the path that it ended up taking. It sounds like it was always in the direction of like, how do we serve me and support people in a way that helps with their fitness and health, which also, by the way, y'all, the books that she reads, like we went to the bookstore together once with, Takiya said she's a policy nerd. Some of the books that she'll pick up, she's like, this was so good. I'm like, that is an encyclopedia. I am definitely not reading that. <laughs> no, I, I just love policy. So when I was in college, I studied political science. I was always more interested in international relations than I was with domestic policy. And, you know, once I graduated, that interest kind of shifted just because I realized you know, you're taught that America has it all together, right? And that our policies are great. And so once, you know, I got into grad school, I was just kind of able to have access to more information, more meaningful conversations. It was just like, oh my God, you know, this is a lot. And so I had to do pretty much a, a new deep dive to really understand American government and how a lot of our policies came to be. And so, yes, I love reading those books. <laughs> want to know I need all the information and all the books that I read honestly shape what we do every day with City Fit Girls right and so you'll have a lot of personal trainers who are just like oh I need to read the next best thing in fitness and I'm just like no I need to talk about the highway app I need to understand yeah. what are the things that got us to where we are where me and Kiara have to do this work and you know try to get people running because they don't have access to a good gym in their neighborhood they don't have the things that neighborhoods, for us, it's Rittenhouse Square, you know, that have all these boutique studios and really nice, well-kept parks and all these associations. And I'm just like, no, we need to figure out how to get down to the bottom of this, why this is like this and what we mm -hmm. do. That's awesome. That makes me think about how did that information, the more you learn, the more you do, the more impact that you see lead to your decision to do this as an entrepreneur on your own versus moving through another company or organization that may or may not already have boots on the ground in the same area? Honestly, I would say it's because one, again, I just, I get bored very easily. And so it's hard. It's really hard for me to, to do anything for a really long time, which City Fair Girls is on uh, year seven. So this is pretty impressive for me. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know that there is an organization out there that is specifically doing the work that we want to do, right? And so you have programs like Back on My Feet that helps, you know, homeless individuals get into running. You have a lot of programs that are for children to help them start running, but there is not a lot of programming that is specifically centered around running as public health, right? And so you have, was it Girl Track is doing some pretty good work. Even Run Girl Co., you know, I see a lot of stuff that they're doing, right? And so they're doing a lot to, you know, get people running and moving. But again, when we're talking specifically, how can we center this as a policy issue? How can we get more people into running in response to, like, this health crisis that we're facing as a nation? I don't know of many organizations that are doing it. And it's not to say that they're not out there, but at least in Philadelphia, where I am, there's not many opportunities that look like the one that we're trying to create. So now you're in year seven. 
Yep. I mean, it has shifted, changed, grown, done all of these things, which I imagine is part of the reason that you don't get super bored because you're like, actually, it's not just going to look like this. We're going to add this component. Fair enough. What? I mean, given this year is stupid, so it's not a fair question, but what are your kind of short-term goals for what you want City Fit Girls to do, how you want it to show up in the world, and then almost separately, how what you do aligns with, but isn't necessarily always through City Fit Girls? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm not sure when this comes out, but we're actually in the process of applying for it's a program called the Well City Challenge. So yeah, it's like a pitch contest, $10,000 startup cash. And so we're actually in the process of figuring out how we can create a program that is specifically designed towards addressing, addressing issues, millennial health outcomes. So mm. millennials are doing not too good in comparison to uh, Generation X. And so- Really? Uh, yeah, so IBX, so Independence Blue Cross, partnered up with the Economy League, and they're trying to figure out how they can get more millennials, you know, better health, essentially. And so I'm pitching a citywide training program for men and women. And so it's technically centered around two of our bigger races. But if they don't happen because of COVID, obviously, they can be done virtually. Um, But yeah, it's a 10-week training program and an eight-week training program, start to finish, delivered digitally, resources, access to nutrition workshops, injury prevention workshops, guided meditation. And so again, I'm really just trying to figure out what can we do, you know, to impact this city? You know, it is not just going to be about, you know, my group runs on Wednesday evenings, which obviously haven't even been happening, but what can we do to empower people to get moving on their own? And so COVID has shaken everything up. There's not going to be these 40,000 people races that you know, it was so easy for us to rely on to get people to come. Right. Now we have shifted gears. How do we get people self-motivated to want to do this? And just, again, prioritize their personal health and mental health, right? Without thinking about, oh, I got to go train for this, this, uh, this half marathon, right? Because we don't know when those are coming back, right? And especially in the capacity that they've existed before. And so right now the focus is shifting away from, this event specific model and trying to get running in the hands of people uh, who need it the most. That is super exciting. It also makes me think a lot about Little Fish. And I often say that we're on the side of paperwork. Like I know that there are going to be enough reasons that women, Black people, people of color, all quote minority groups don't get access to funding and loans and all of the capital that's needed to really run businesses. And so a lot of what we do is really based on this, like, don't be the reason, don't let the reason be because your taxes aren't up to date. Like that's a thing we can fix. Right. Like if it's because you don't have financial statements, we can walk you through how to set those up so that at least you have a baseline draft. Don't miss out on things because of paperwork. And so I feel some parallels and some alignment with this idea that like that is just a baseline of economic empowerment Mm -hmm. that I want you to have access to be able to you know fund your dreams or continue to be able to support yourself and your family and hire the people in your neighborhood but like all of that is from a base of do you know what a profit and loss statement looks like because if you don't you can't pay people and so 
to your point about running, it's more than just taxes. I think a lot of people think about accounting and they're like, oh, I need an accountant to like do my books and do my taxes. I'm like, it is the way that you impact your community. Yep. And none of that can happen if your base things aren't in line. If we're talking about you being three years behind on sales tax, I'm like, they're not going to give you the paperwork that you need so that when the city or the district or the state offers a grant, you can't take advantage of it because you handcuffed by some stuff that could have just been paid off. Right. Right. No, it's the same. It's the same thing. Same idea. All right. So I appreciate you taking this time to talk to me today. My question that I ask everyone before they leave us is, what is your favorite part? What do you love most about your current work? This is a hard question to, to answer just because of COVID. Um, and so I'll, I'll say this. For me, I was actually on a panel last night and they asked us, you know, what words do you think of when you think of running? And so my two words are always freedom right? Um, but also community. And so, you know, and I, hence City Fit Girls, right? It's, it's a running community for that reason. But we hosted the virtual race a couple weeks back. And so for me, I'm, I don't want to say I'm anti-virtual races, but <laughs> not my favorite because again, community is so important to me and, you know, actually physically being with other people. But oh my God, seeing everybody post about you know, their run experience over that weekend, you know, seeing people who had never thought that they could run before, seeing people who thought that, you know, they could never show up to an in-person race, but jumped on the chance to participate virtually, that was empowering. And it's like, if I can help continue to create those types of experiences, like, like, listen, I'll just keep doing that. So that's what I'm loving right now. Well, I am always so excited for everything that y'all are doing. Super proud of you. Always down to support in whatever ways I can to make sure that y'all are amplified and thriving and like, who can I send your way or what connections can we make to make sure that everything's good. So I'm really excited for what the future holds as we kind of move into this, I hate new normal, but as we move into this like new way of living that doesn't, doesn't allow us to rely on our comfort level of oh yeah just show up on Wednesdays it's like ah now find a different way to show up but we're our mission remains the same yep so thank you again tell the people where they can find you Ooh, um so you can find me at Takia McClendon um and you can probably spell my whole name out in the show notes on Instagram and then at City Fit Girls also on Instagram all right. We appreciate you. Thank you everyone for listening and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, there's good news. We've got additional free resources for you to get clear on your small business finances. Subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter by heading to littlefishaccounting.com slash subscribe and check us out on Instagram at littlefishaccounting.